0: Hi, this is Melanie from Dear Debt. You are listening to Eric Rosenberg, who totally rocks. And you are about to listen to the Personal Profitability Podcast.
1: You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability. Eric Rosenberg. Oh,
0: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg, and I am excited to introduce you to a friend and guest today. Who I know in real life, he uh, was an internet friend a long time ago. We met through this group called the Yakezi I've spoken about before. It's a network of online finance bloggers. It's not quite as active as it used to be when I got to know Joe, but we um, met in person for the first time, I believe at the second FinCon in Denver. And, um, one thing, just a funny little anecdote of, uh, from, from me and Joe, he was, um, so he has this great blog called retire by 40, which we'll talk. Quite a bit about in a minute, but he, because of his blog, was interviewed in the Denver Post when I lived in Denver still, and he'd emailed me and said, "Hey, I, I know you live in Denver. Can you grab a copy of the paper for me?" So I uh, grabbed a copy and brought it to FinCon for him so he could have a uh, a real hard copy of his Denver interview back here in Portland. And now we're uh, we're practically neighbors, and we live I mean not really neighbors. We live about uh, two miles away from each other. We have a river in between us, so that's why we have to record on Skype because we're too far to, to cross the river. <laughs> but anyway, so Joe Udo is on the line with us, and uh Joe, give everybody a big hello, shout out.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Joe Udo.
0: So if you're a long time listener, you know I like to say personal finance should be fun. It shouldn't just be boring. So this is your opportunity if it is safe and you are able to hit the pause button and join us for a beer. Uh, Joe sadly told me that all of his beer is warm right now, so he is not having a beer. We're just hanging out, but on my end, I'm enjoying a Left Coast Brewing Hop Juice Double IPA from San Clemente, California. So hit the pause button if you want to go grab a a beer, a wine, a scotch, whatever your drink of choice is, or if you're a non-drinker, a, a pop. You know, you can grab a Coke or something. Or if you're listening at night, you don't want the caffeine. Maybe a nice tea or a uh, Something like that. Anyway, pause button. Okay, pause is over. We're back again here with Joe Udo. So Joe, as I was saying, I I met through the uh, KZ because of his site, Retire by 40. And he started this site quite a while ago. And the the name is actually pretty, you know, it's pretty clear what he's trying to get at there. So Joe, could you share with everyone how you came up with the idea for Retire by 40 and how you got started in the beginning?
1: Well, um, in... In 2010, I was getting really bored with my job and it was really stressful. And I was an engineer, so I sat in front of the computer all day. And whenever I have some downtime, I will look through, you know, personal finance blogs and personal finance sites to figure out how to, you know, increase my network and save more money and, and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So one day I was sitting at my computer and tweeting and say hey you know retire by 40 that's a great name you know maybe i can do start a blog and you know just to uh, see what happens and that's it there you go so
0: if you want to go visit that again that's retireby40.com not to be confused with other blogs with similar spellings joe's is the original retireby40.com you can it's all like google that for... what was that
1: it's actually dot .org, org
0: oh my bad i apologize .org retireby40.org yeah so so that's joe's site so one thing that makes joe really special not only is his site called retire by 40 but he actually retired by 40 which is a I mean, a hugely amazing feat so congratulations on doing that and i'm sure there are tons of people out there that want to know what your strategy was how you Arranged your savings and your income and, and what allowed you to, to leave your full-time job before you turned 40. So how did that process start? You just said you were reading all these blogs. You started your own blog. What
1: happened next? Yeah. So my, my original goal was, you know, to retire by 40, which is uh, about five years after I started my blog. Yeah. So I was making pretty good income. So I was able to save a lot of that and I, it took me a while to convince my wife to get on board with the with this program to let me retire by forty. But eventually we we, we got on board and you know, we, we lived modestly and I saved you know, all of my income and we just lived on her on her income and you know, and whatever passive income we had. All
0: right. So so you were you mentioned an engineer. I know you worked at a at a major, you know, software and hardware company. So how were what was it like initially? Were you living on both of your incomes and big spenders, and decided one day I'm going to, you know, we're just going to live on my wife's income? You know, how did that idea come to be, and what was the process like? Were there any pain points? Did you have to give anything up to uh, to get
1: to that point? Initially, I was making pretty good money, but I never, I never was a big spender, and my wife her her income was up and down. You know, so she, she worked at a corporation for a while, and then she went back to school to get her graduate degree. So for a few years, her income was uh, pretty much zero. Then she went back to work again, and you know, her her income started increasing again. Yeah, but we we never spent, you know, a lot of our money, and uh, we we save a good chunk of it, and we never got into consumer debt. So it wasn't a huge transition to you know to the point where we save all of my income and just live on her income. You know, we we did have to make some adjustments, but it wasn't huge.
0: What could you give any examples of adjustments you made?
1: Yeah, we uh we used to have a car each, right? And then we when you know, after we decided to just go on this journey, we we went to one car for the family, and that worked out okay. So just just one of the example and you know, we eat out a little bit less and you know, cook at home more. You know, little things.
0: So lots, lots of little things add up to a lot. You know, it's, it's something I like to talk about a lot. You know, on the podcast and on the blog, changing your financial situation doesn't have to be this super dramatic thing. You know, there's there's a, a hugely popular bloggers out there like Mister Money Mustache who proudly live on you know under twenty thousand dollars a year to feed their family and everything they need. But you don't have to give up everything you do. To live a financially modest lifestyle, you know, just saying, getting, going down to one car from two cars. Yeah, that could save, um, you know, I don't know, thousand, you know, there's insurance, a hundred and something dollars a month, probably gas. If you have any car payments, you know, that, that adds up to a lot. Do you know how much, do you know how much you ended up saving in total and dollars along the way? Do you have any idea? Around like um, that,
1: yeah, not, not really. I didn't keep track of that. But you definitely save quite a bit. Yeah, because like, like you said, you know, insurance and there are a lot of fixed costs to owning a car. Right.
0: So when you, as you were saving more, I know from reading your site that one of your big income sources, you know, you, you make money on your site from Retire by 40. Was that your, is that your only online income adventure or do you have any other things you're doing to make money on the side?
1: Um, when I first started, uh that, that. That was my only online income, but it wasn't much, you know, and when it first, of course, when everybody first started, it was really little, maybe, you know, a hundred dollars a month or something like that. But, I you know, after, those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But after a few years, it increased. And, you know, I, I also did some, some side hustles, right? I did some, ah, uh, what do you call this? The, the, the survey group, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and a few other things. But those didn't make much money either.
0: Uh, so the, so the big, so the big side money maker was retired by 40. Is that still contributing quite a bit? And how much time do you still put in on the,
1: on the website every week uh, or month? Yeah, I, I spend about 20 to 30 hours on the website and it, it is bringing in a, a, a decent amount of income, you know, maybe around, you know, two to three thousand a month. It just depends.
0: Right, you know, that's great. You know, if that's, and that plus all your other investments, so that, that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about. I know you have quite a bit in the stock market. You, you do pretty well with dividends on a, you're building up a better cash flow from dividends. Can you share some about your, where those savings came from, how you decided to start investing and, and what your dividend strategy looks
1: like? Sure. So when I was, when I first started blogging, retired by 40, pretty much all of my stock. Investment were in growth stocks, mm-hmm. and then you know after a couple of years, I figured out that you know if if I'm gonna retire early, I need some extra income from you know, and one source of that would be dividends. So I converted all of those into all my stock um, investment into um, dividend stock in in the after-tax account. In in, in the taxable account.
0: Well, did um, you or did you focus more on Like mutual funds made up of high dividend stocks or did you buy individual companies or some mix of the two?
1: I focus on individual, you know, blue chip stocks. So, you know, solid companies that, that have a good record, good track record of uh, growing their dividends. So those, those are called dividend growth.
0: So how much do you make in a typical year now? Let's say in 2015, how much will you bring in from dividend stocks?
1: Yeah. In 2015, my goal was to, to have my dividend, our dividend income to be over $10,000. And I think we'll, we'll beat that, you know, with this month. So it'll be a a little bit over $10,000.
0: And about how much do you have invested in those stocks to come up with that $10,000
1: a year? Um, right now they're worth about three hundred thousand dollars. But you know, the the stock has you mm-hmm. know increased quite a bit over the last few years. So I, I need to go through my record to see how much I really invested in there. Yeah, and that's issue. Like,
0: and that's you know, something important for I think any new investor to think about. You know, there's there's two ways that your wealth can grow through the stock market. One is equity returns, so you know, the stock price going up. And the other is through the cash provided by those stocks. So those would be the dividends. And both parts are very important. And how you invest as you know, as a young investor or a investor trying to retire at forty or someone trying to retire farther down the road. I imagine most people on this site do not want to retire farther down the road. If you're listening, <laughs> um, you know, you have to really think about how you want your investments to grow. You know, for for me, my strategy has been. I do all of the stock individual stocks I have, I actually post those now on my monthly investment income and entrepreneurship income posts. So you can see exactly which stocks I have. And very few of them are anything risky. The majority are just like Joe, those big blue chip companies, you know, the Walmarts and General Electrics of the world at who who I'm not worried are going anywhere. And I, because I'm not trying to retire right now, I want those to grow. I'm reinvesting my dividends but all i have to do if i want to turn that into dividend income is i could go and you know, hit a switch on my on my brokerage account and instead of having those dividends go back into the stocks they start getting paid out to me just like they're getting paid out to joe and you know with $10,000 a year that's i imagine that covers more than one or two months of your mortgage or uh, or your rent where you live is that
1: right <laughs> right right yeah and actually we we're still in reinvesting most of that because uh, my my wife still works, so we do have more income than than we need to spend.
0: So, so one thing I think that holds up a lot of people from trying to leave a full time job at a at a relatively young age, such as as forty or thirties, is you know having a family and trying to support everyone. So Joe has a wonderful and incredibly cute little boy, and you know he's always just so much fun to hang out with. And I, you know, I would, for the readers or for the listeners listening, what has that experience been like, you know, being a parent and being married and leaving a big corporate job in, in your thirties and forties?
1: Um, that, that was actually one of our biggest motivations for having one parent stay home. Yeah. So because I was working when, when my son was born. And, you know, every day we drop him off at the daycare at, at seven in the morning and then we pick, pick him up at six in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. And we barely get to spend any time with him. And we did that for about a year and a half. And, you know, and by then we were about ready to have, two, to have one person stay home. So that that was me.
0: And how much, do you have any idea how much money that is saving you? Or how much were you paying to to send your son to daycare that you saved by leaving your job?
1: We were paying um, about $1,100 a month for daycare. Um, I think that that cost will go down a little bit as you get older, but not much really. Portland has really expensive daycare.
0: So there's about another, probably $12,000 a year you saved? So that's you know that's a, you know, all these things are you know really important and good strategies. Um, have you? I know you you lived in the same place for quite a while. Do you mind sharing? You know what what your costs are for where you live and your thoughts on? You know, do you want to stay where you are? Do you want to, you know, move somewhere else? What, what's your long term thought on housing and staying living on low
1: expenses? We we live uh, in downtown Portland. And in, we live in a, a condo. It's a two-bed, two-bath condo. It's a pretty good size for for the two of us, actually. So that when when our kid when we had a kid, it was it still pretty good. But my mom, she she visits us pretty often on extended visits. So we will need some extra room in the future. Right now, it's working out pretty well, but probably. Three or four years, we will probably move into our rental home, which is in northwest Portland.
0: So you own that rental home in addition to the condo you live in now. But do you also own the condo you're in now? Yes. And how how did you end up with the rental property? And is that giving you guys cash flow as well?
1: Yeah the the rental property is actually kind of a long story. First, uh, you know, let me think uh, about Seven years ago, we we still lived in Hillsboro, which is a suburb of Portland. It's near where I used to work, and that was that was convenient for me. But when my wife found a job downtown, we decided to move downtown, and um, and there's more things. It's a lot more fun to live downtown. So that was our main motivation. But the we couldn't. uh, so when we moved, we kept our old house and then we converted it to a rental, right? And then uh, we kept it for about five years and then we did a 1031 exchange. So that means we sold our old uh, our old house and then we purchased a, a house in Northwest Portland. And you know, normally when you sell a rental home, you have to pay capital gain tax. But we did a 1031 exchange, so we roll everything into our new rental house. Right. And that's a lot closer to where we live right now. And it's in the area where we want to live. And, you know, eventually in two or four years, we'll move into that home.
0: Is that making you guys a good amount of money each month or is it just kind of breaking even?
1: It's making, let me think, it it is making us some money, uh, mainly because the, the rent has been going up quite a bit in Portland. I think next year it should make us maybe five to $600 a month, depending on what, uh, how much repair and maintenance we have to do.
0: For people who don't know what's going on in Portland in real estate, which is, I imagine most people, uh, real estate here has been totally crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, I've lived in Portland now for about two years and I am definitely one of the contributors to, you know, if people keep moving here because it's such a great place to be. The upside of that, as a property owner, especially if you have multiple properties, rents keep going up and up and up and up at a you know incredibly fast rate. You now we we lived in a rental our first year here, but we've been in our house now. Actually, uh, we just passed a year this last week, so um, we've been in a great spot since we've been in our house. But watching, you know, reading Portland news, uh, rents are going up. You know, sometimes twenty percent, fifty percent, or more per year for some locations in town. So, it's definitely not a good time to be a renter in Portland and it is a great time to be a property owner in Portland. So, you know kudos Joe that you're on the right side of that.
1: Okay, thanks. But uh yeah, actually um we we try to keep the rent increase to about 5% for for the people that live there, but when somebody move out, you know, uh, somebody actually moved out last in November and we renovated the place, you know, we put new hardwood flooring and and clean up the place really well and you know I painted the place and I was able to increase the rent 20% and you know the the new renter they're actually getting a decrease from their current rent and actually I should have increased the rent a little bit more
0: yeah do you uh, do you manage the house yourself or do you have a third party property manager
1: oh, I manage the the house myself it's, it's actually a duplex so there are two units
0: well that's great so so you know the package is starting to come together as to how Joe was able to you know leave the big job it was it wasn't just one thing that he did that let him retire by forty it was you know building up his uh, his website his online business to create one cash flow you know he did some side hustles to create another cash flow he has his investment portfolio creating another cash flow and he has two rental units in an in a house that are creating another cash flow and when you add all that up it's um it ends up being a pretty good income, but I know you're as you said, your wife is still working. What are her plans regarding early retirement or or sticking with work and um what are your longer term plans?
1: So yeah, I have a warning to have gone a listener here it's early retirement is patchy, you
0: know, <laughs>
1: so at first, when I first uh, left my job, you know she liked her job and she planned to work you know the the normal amount. Uh, until she was, you know, five or 60. But over the last year or so, she's feeling like uh, maybe she, she, she's seen that how much fun I've had and how much my quality of life improved. So she wanted to join me in early retirement too. So her plan is to leave her job by 2020. So that's in five years. So we need to work on, on, you know, uh, on increasing our passive income and and my online income and you know hopefully we'll we'll meet our expense by in five years
0: do you have any specific plans laid out for the next five years for how you're going to continue to grow that side income
1: yeah you know so for dividend we'll just keep investing and try to grow the 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 dividend income and the the rental income it's also the same way we just just to improve the property and keep increasing the rent as, as we get new, new uh, tenants. And my, my online income, I'm not sure, it's, it's kind of up and down. So, well, I, I, I probably try to put a little more hours into it once my kid goes to school. Cause now I spend a lot of time with them.
0: That's not bad, spending time with your kids. I know. Right. And me having to go to work all day, I'm, I'm a little jealous of that one. My wife gets to stay home with the baby, and I miss her all day. Oh, that was just a little internet tear that you guys just heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, it's a huge benefit. So if someone you know, knew your story, knew you were able to retire by 40, knew very little about how to manage their own finances to get this way, what advice would you have for someone who wants to get started on a plan to retire early?
1: To get started, I, I would say the the most important thing is to track your finance, so you know where all your income are coming from and what you're spending all your money on. And if before I started my site, I didn't really track my finance that closely, but when I first when I started tracking my expenses really closely, I could see that there were a lot of Things that could cut out and, and it wouldn't impact our quality of life that much. So that, I think that would be a good starting point. And, and also just start investing, even if you don't have a lot of money, just start investing because, you know, you, you need to go through a few cycles of, you know, of the up and down so you can see how you react to, you know, to like a stock market crash. Okay. And then you can come up with a, a good investing strategy that's perfect.
0: Did you have a lot of investments in the market already when there was the big downturn around two thousand
1: eight? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I went through a couple of crashes. I went through the, the dot com crash, the dot com bubble and then you know, the the two thousand eight crash. And you know, the the first time I I sold some stock and moved things around it didn't really work out that well. So I know, you know, the second time in 2008, all you need to do is just keep investing, just keep adding as much money as you can. And, you know, eventually the market should recover.
0: I totally 100% agree with that strategy. I I was a fairly new investor around 2007, 2008. And I watched my stocks go down and down and down when the uh, housing bubble burst. But then not too long later, it came back to where it was and then some. And If you look back at the history of the stock market, which the S&P 500 is a great representation of the biggest companies in the U.S. stock market overall, and it always goes up in the long run, no matter what has happened, the Great Depression, the Great Recession, everything in between, it always comes back. So uh, when it goes down, don't think of it as losing money. Think of it as an opportunity to buy more on the cheap, because then... um, then you'll end up in a great spot like Joe, making you know ten thousand dollars in dividends every year. Which I can't say I'm not a little jealous. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, and and I think you know going through the the, the down cycle is really a, a good benefit for you, right? Because you know even if you hear that it's time to buy, if you haven't gone through it, you, you still have that hesitation, you know. But if you've gone through it a couple of times, you know, you kind of know that it will come up, and you, you do not. You're not hesitating to put more money into the market. Do
0: you have any plans in the future? And are you you're gonna? You say you're going to move into that rental property you own that's a duplex. Do you plan to keep your condo that you're living in now as a rental? Or do you think you'll sell that?
1: We'll probably sell that and then use the money to pay off the, the mortgage on the rental. So we have mortgage on both places right now. But if we sell this place, then we can probably I think we can pay off the mortgage on the rental, which will become our primary residence. But you know, at that point, we won't have any debt at all, and you know, our cost of living could be much lower than than it is now.
0: What is your? Do you mind sharing what your mortgage is, or, or the total of the two mortgages right now? What your real estate costs are each month?
1: Yeah, yeah. My my condo, I'm paying about two hundred a month and that's you know mortgage insurance h o a um, property tax that's kind of high, but you know, it's the location you see on on our rental a question. <laughs> we, we pay about fifteen hundred on our rental
0: okay so so when you move in there, it sounds like you'll be and saving quite a bit on your monthly costs and then yeah, even if you can pay off the uh the mortgage on that you'll have the cash flow from the renter and you'll be living rent free essentially so you know, i can't uh i can't imagine a better situation for that than uh for early retirement <laughs> cool. so um so before we go you know this is this has been wonderful super helpful I hope all the readers. And listeners out there, I will say readers because I started blogging before I started podcasting. I hope all the listeners out there have really enjoyed this. And you can find Joe at um, retireby 40org That's spelled out retire by then the number is 40.org. If they want to connect with you outside of there, do you want to share your, your Twitter, or any other social media places for people to find you?
1: Yeah, my, my Twitter is also retired by 40, but the, the 40 is spelled out F-O-R-T-Y. I couldn't get the number 40. <laughs> it's like
0: days. the most frustrating thing when like you want your own name or your own something and, and it doesn't work. It's always frustrating. Right. <laughs> I was just trying to buy my own name website and um, it has not gone well. That's why I'm ericrosenberg.me because the other
1: options weren't okay. available. Yeah, but the, the easiest option is just, you know... <laughs> You can even Google retire by forty and actually be up first, and you can you know visit my site and there's a contact form there if you'd like to send me an email with us or anything.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to to join us today. Thank you, listeners, for listening along and hearing Joe's story. I really do highly recommend you check out his website. It's a great one, and um, I've been reading it for for a lot of years now. That I've been lucky enough to know Joe and um, and follow his journey. So thank you, Joe. Thank you, listeners. I'm holding up my beer to give you one final cheers as we as we head out for the day. And until next time,
1: stay Thanks, everyone. profitable. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode Please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.